think Andy Warhol said it. He's like, don't get hung up on thinking if your art is good or bad, just keep making art. And I think about that sometimes too, because I'll get hung up on something to be like, ah, oh, should be like that. I'll just be like, what am I doing? Fuck it. Like, just finish it, go on to the next piece. I'm obsessing over this. dedicated to the exploration and discussion of art and the creative process. This is the second part of my interview with Jay Riggio. Please go back to last week's episode if you have not heard the first part, as this part continues off exactly where part one finished. Thank you very much. For the use of poetic titles, Jay allows the viewer to question the correlation between language and imagery and the way that we are a product of our many layers of thoughts and life experience. And actually, could you talk a bit about, this is kind of off the top of my head from what you just said, like, could you talk a bit about like the timelessness of art in terms of like, you might create a piece of work three years ago and somebody might find it tomorrow and love it, but then you might, the piece, the last piece you created, they might hate. Um, kind of, how have you found that in terms of like people responding to your work and or kind of just for you as well, personally, mm, when you look yeah, back at your work? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I said, I mean, there's stuff that I'm, I'm super judgmental of myself and my work and you know, that I think there is work that I was making years ago that I really think is bad. <laughs> but it's, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to sell work through the years. And, you know, someone will on Instagram just like post a photo and tag me off their wall. And I'll be like, oh my God, I forgot I made that fucking thing. Or I forgot about that. And that's really interesting. And it's like, you forget that once it leaves your presence, that you know, whether it's, it sells, um, someone lives with it. And I always forget about that. It's on their walls. They see it every day. And it's sort of interesting that they're interacting with it and hopefully loving it and hopefully, you know, experiencing it. But it's, you sort of, it's funny because you said, you know, after this interview, like, I won't just like not talk to you. We'll stay in contact. Yeah. When you sell a person a piece of art, it's sort of like that. It's just like, oh, thanks so much. I love it. And then it's just like, yeah. it's done. Like that relationship is done unless they're like a collector or something. But um, it's, they have a piece of you. And uh, that's sort of an interesting thing to think about, you know, that they're experiencing regularly and you're just not in their life at all. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Like they have a piece of you. That's kind of, that's very interesting. But it also makes me think about like, so how many pieces of you can you out there before you lose yourself? <laughs> well, it's not. So it's only just a little tiny fragment, but it's a piece nonetheless. So yeah, so you work in a yeah, studio? It's a, no, no, no. It's a, I work in my house. It's a garage studio. I work, you look at my work and it's very, I'm a perfectionist. Everything is very as clean as can be, and it becomes this as close as I'd like it to be to perfection, pristine. My studio is a mess. I work in chaos. Like, it's really crazy. If I showed you right now, you'd be like, what? Like, I'm stepping. I have, I have seen the, uh, yeah, the same I mean, videos. <laughs> you, you just get, it's just, it's chaos. Paper everywhere, wood. Um, uh, it's really crazy. And I, I think it's because I'm so focused on the work that everything else sort of just falls by the wayside and I'll pick up something and just drop it. And 
Um, so it's sort of interesting. I don't really understand it. Um, <laughs> I really don't. I don't understand it myself. But, you know, I think, you know, they say like a, a messy desk is what is is something like what's going on in your head. It's reflective of what's going on in your head. So I think a lot of my surroundings is my work surroundings is a little fragmented because it's there's so much going on in my brain that I can't focus. And I think the only thing that keeps me focused is the work. And um, I get so obsessed with the work that everything else order is uh, not a priority. So, uh, yeah, but it is interesting because like it really is around me. It's complete chaos and the work I'm trying to perfect and be clean and perfect and it's sort of this strange thing that's a really like interesting juxtaposition of how how that how you know from the <laughs> yeah. chaos you create yeah, perfection it, um i think it's very i think to be fair i think it's very common among artists i can imagine um you know like like francis bacon yeah. for instance the first person i think of when he yeah, his studio and how nuts. crazy it is yeah i mean his work's not perfect exactly but you know there's there's an idealized yeah. version yeah. of perfection. His, his, seeing his studio in, in photos made me feel better about it because I'll see other people's studios <laughs> on Instagram and I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, it's perfect. Like, what's it like to work in there? So, But then it's part of the yeah. process, though, is how you create your work. And I think if you if you did it differently, yeah. your yeah. work wouldn't be I mean, be the I'll same. every, you know, every couple months, I'll just do a deep clean, clean it. In two days, it's back to where it was. So... It's just the way it is, it's just the way I work. So do you ever worry about repetition of imagery and themes in your work? Um, re I don't, repetition in imagery, as far as using the same image, yeah, I probably don't do that. I wouldn't use the same image over and over again. If I did, I would sort of use the, I would change the context of it. I mean, I definitely use some of the same eyes, but the context of it in a circle, you can't really tell it's the same eye. So if I did, I would not use it the same way. Um, um, as far as themes go, um, I, I really have no control over that. That's just sort of like, that's sort of ingrained in me, you know, the same thoughts and longings and uh, it's just sort of like the obsessive themes that I have in my head that never change. And I don't think ever will change. It's, it's always been there and they've just sort of evolved and gotten stronger over time. So do you think there are any themes that you can't explore through art? Yeah, I mean, I think, some, I think some of the themes I think I try to get across, I don't even know if I'm getting them across through all, you know? I'm just, I think I'm trying. Uh, and I think maybe that goes back to like how, like the failure and just never being satisfied and being like, I don't know if I did a good job doing this. I need to do it better. I need to keep trying it. It's like not reaching it, maybe never. And that may be what keeps me going is just having these sort of like specific and also vague themes in my head that I can't quite articulate as properly as I'd like them as I'd like to and I think that's maybe I just keep trying every day I just keep throwing the ball at the wall and I'm not hitting anything <laughs> I think that's a, a very I think that's very common among artists I think the thing about art is that you don't know right. what's going to happen with it 
that you don't know if what you're creating right. people care about. Um, and I think you kind of have to be very secure within yourself to kind of understand like things might not happen. Like you could be the hardest working artist. You could create the most amazing whatever, but it's actually more about your marketing than it really is about your work in many aspects. Um, so I think, you know, you're saying that in terms of, you know, you know, you're hitting the ball of the wall and not hitting anything. It's like, well, yeah, that, I imagine a lot of artists will feel the same way because at the end of the day, like you just can't tell what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, being an artist is a very risky, a very risky career. Um, you know, and I think people sometimes judge it wrongly because they think, oh, you know, art's easy. You just make work and you sell it. But there's uh, a lot more that goes into it. One thing I'm really curious about is that when you talk about art, people always typically go to painting. And I'm kind of curious whether as you consider that, do you think people look at collage as a lesser form of art? Um, I think that's a good question. I think some ways, yeah, um, because it's something that's like so accessible and there's a lot of bad collage art and it's sort of universal yeah. and it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can just cut something, put it together. And it's like, I mean, really anyone can do it. Um, um, and I think, um, yeah, and that's something I have struggled with in the past being like, ah, oh, you know, I mean, there's some great collage art and there's just a ton of really bad stuff. And I think maybe that's also sort of pushed me to try to stand out a little more and do things a little differently as far as the way I've taken the work to become more of the uh, sculptural type thing, three-dimensional, um, to sort of set myself apart from uh, what the standard notion of collage is, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's different, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I mean, um, there's definitely good collage art. That's, that's great. And there's stuff that's really bad. And I think that's unfortunate, but I mean, it, it same goes with everything, you know, there's great photography, there's bad photography, there's great painting, there's bad painting. So, um, yeah. So what is kind of the markability of the resin sculptures versus the 2D collage like? Like, is there a difference in kind of how you market them and or the way they sell? Um, it's, it's very difficult to shoot and convey um, the resin stuff because it's reflective, it's hard to shoot and it's hard to convey that depth and the perspective, uh, especially on Instagram where the frame is like this big. So that's been a challenge. Um, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, try to show video in the lighting to show how the light hits it differently. But um, it's, you know, where it's just a, a 2D piece of art is so easy to, to show. Um, so that's been a challenge. And, I, you know, people have said like, oh, my God, your work looks so different in person. Like I saw it on Instagram and this is like completely different. And, you know, scale is really hard to convey as well. Um, so that's been a challenge also because of like the price point also too, as far as like selling my work, you know, where it was like, you know, 2d stuff would go for a few hundred bucks and then stuff that would take, you know, resin is expensive and the pieces would take, you know, weeks, sometimes even a month or so to create. Um, and they're heavy. Resin is heavy. These things, I do a lot of layers. So you know, some piece maybe like, you know, I've made some pieces that are like 30 pounds. So 
you know, it's, it's a different price point and it's a different, you know, shipping is a whole nother story. That's yeah. Diff- yeah, yeah, about so about difficult. That's been like the hardest thing. So, um, yeah, it's been, a, it, it, it's been a, you know, it was initially, it was a bit of a challenge, but it was a learning experience, but yeah, I mean, it's good and it's bad. It's good because in some ways I can charge more for my work. Um, because it's something that's more substantial and it has more, uh, perceived value rather than something that's just on paper. Um, it's this heavy, tangible thing, but in other ways, it's difficult because it, it takes so long and it's hard to really convey the, the work that went into it, you know, um, a piece that's, you know, three inches by three inches may have taken the same amount of time for a piece that's three feet by four feet, you know, not the same amount of resin, but, you know, it's not going to take any less time because you still got to pour a layer, wait yeah. 24 hours, you that's know, true. so it's tricky, but um, nothing else I can do about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, because I know I was going to say, because what's interesting is that even kind of like the um, buyer for your work for the resin sculptures, it has to be a very certain person because not everybody can just house that in their, their home the same way you can just house like a, in a framed image. Uh, yeah, I mean, some pieces, I mean, I, I make smaller pieces. I've been making smaller pieces and, you know, that can go up on the wall just as you would a, a framed piece. Yeah, no, they're uh, small. Okay. They all hang. Yeah, I, oh, okay. I make smaller pieces, something like this. I just sold a piece that's like this big. And then I do, I've done stuff that's really big. Um, and the smaller pieces, you know, they're weighty, be like a pound or so. But um, it really just depends on how big they are. That's super cool. And actually, that's probably a good segue into exhibiting uh, and kind uh, of exhibiting your work. Um, and I'm, I'm, uh, and I'm intrigued to know how you actually started exhibiting your work and like so like how did you get into it and at what point did you know your work was good enough to exhibit? um i think i started the first time i got offered to exhibit my work was at a place this was from instagram this got in scotland and looking back that work was terrible but i exhibited it and then um i never really thought like oh it's good enough to exhibit or maybe i did i don't know um but and as much as like you know it's such a strange thing with social media, but without Instagram, um, I don't think I would have been able to exhibit anywhere. And um, I mean, I look back now the past like eight years, I've exhibited all over the place and some galleries that I never, you know, I never dreamed I'd be able to show at, you know, really respected galleries that I loved, you know, from afar. And, um, and I mean, it really just started through Instagram. I never, um, just people offering, seeing the work and offering to show it. And, you know, I think in just doing that, you build up a little bit momentum. You show at one gallery and another gallery takes notice and then it goes from there. Yeah. So what is the kind of process of exhibiting your work like? Oh, um, well, you know, a gallery who I've worked with before or haven't worked with before, you know, they'll reach out and they'll just say, Hey, do you want to show work? And it's either yes or no. And packaging and shipping, you know, these heavier pieces have been a challenge, you know, I mean, yeah, all I the imagine. work, I mean, I basically show everywhere except where I live. So yeah, <laughs> I very rarely show awesome. where I live. So that's always a challenge. So mm-hmm. shipping costs are pain in the ass and, 
but I've gotten better at packing and packaging and shipping everything out. And uh, yeah, it's just a matter of packing it. And then, you know, some relationships with galleries are better. You know, I mean, it's always like, for the most part, a 50-50 split. And some galleries are better at selling the work and doing the work to like get your stuff out there and communicating with you. And, you know, I've been more selective over the past few years about who I show with just because, I mean, there's so many galleries out there and um, any gallery would be like, Hey, I want to show your work. And, you know, you could ship it to them and, but you just don't know where it's going to go. Where's it, you know, how they're going to market it. So, um, I'm more selective now about, you know, there was a time I would sell, Oh, you want to show my work at the beginning? I'm like, yeah, here, take it. But now I'm more interested in how they're going to show it and who their clientele is and what their reach is. And just more so for, because I put so much work into the pieces and time and essentially money with, with the resin. So I want to make sure that it's, given that level of respect on the marketing side, you know, which seems so weird. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. How expensive is resin? So for about um, 10 liters, it's like 700 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, and when I'm doing multiple layers, like, multiple damn. layers, especially big pieces, and it's only... Each layer is only about uh, less than half an inch. So, yeah. So it it gets pricey. Gets pricey. Yeah, I can can imagine. (laughs) Like, damn, that is way more than I thought. It's pricey. It's unfortunate. Um, But but it's also very fascinating that you chose that as your medium of choice, knowing. Yeah. I mean, I think initially it was more just experimentation and I didn't know that I was just going to keep going in, in that route, but uh, I've sort of just fallen in love with the process and, and the outcome. And yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, there are times where I'm like, ah, like maybe I, I, I'm just going to delve into a different medium and just maybe I'm just going to start painting abstract pieces on canvas or something. And it never quite goes there. I think it's probably because you're comfortable with what you're doing. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and sometimes I think I'll get to the point where, because I'm, I'm always, I never want to get bored. And I always want to challenge myself. And I'm always like, oh, am I going to get to the point where I'm just bored with this process? But I think I just keep finding new ways to tweak the medium and uh, ways of doing things that keep me interested. I was meant to ask that question earlier. I completely forgot. You just reminded me by saying that. So it's like, where do you think that your resin sculptures are going to go in the future? Uh, a landfill, probably. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what do you mean as, as far as like... So where do you, so, so as far as like the process and like how you're going to kind of tweak the process so that it keeps it more entertaining yeah, I really for you. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm, I'm experimenting now with some resin blocks and I've done... Like, can you cut mm-hmm. a resin, for yeah. instance? You can color it. You can, I mean, it's really endless. There's so much you can do with it. Um, I did some sculpt- sculptural stuff. I don't know if you've seen on my feed. I did a few, like, 
freestanding sculptures that I'd never done before where they're not hanging, they're on a pedestal. So I've been playing with those a little bit, uh, which I haven't done before. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where it's gonna go. I really don't know. Um, uh, we'll see. Just to touch upon something you said earlier about mm -hmm. packaging work. Um, have you ever actually shown the process of how, to, how you package your no. work? No, no, that, that's, that's interesting. Maybe I should. So the reason I say that is because an artist I interviewed ages ago called Felicity Beaumont, um, when I asked her what her biggest challenge was, she said packaging work because nobody teaches that's you how to do that. Very true. Um, very true. And I thought that's it's, and obviously it's easy for me on the outside, but I think it's crazy that you think like you do that and you don't think anything of it, but I actually think about how many artists actually yeah. really know how to do that. Yeah. And they don't know. So, so that's like a really valuable skill that's you could true. share with other yeah. people um, that you don't even think about yeah. because you no, don't I didn't think about it. But it, I mean, now I've gotten the hang of it, but I mean, for a while, it was such a struggle, such a struggle to, to figure out how to pack it properly, how to cut boxes, like the padding. Yeah. And then there's the whole other thing. There's the anxiety yeah, because, that goes with shipping it. You know, you're shipping this. Yeah, because you don't know how it's exactly. going to be treated in that process. Right. And, and when the gallery gets on the other end, yeah. how are they going to treat it? Because at the end of the day, like, like are the resident sculptors delicate? Yeah. yeah, some of them are. Some of them are. I mean, the, they can scratch easily. Um, you have to pack them in foam. You can't use um, bubble wrap because it leaves indentation oh, okay. on the surface. I mean, it can be oh, fixed, okay. but you'd have to sand it off to another coat of resin. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's gonna be expensive yeah, and Yeah, so they have to be packaged in foam and, you know, and oh. uh, they, they do, they, they are, they can be delicate. Yeah, I mean, there are these heavy, solid things and they feel indestructible, but they are, they are destructible. That's so, that's so interesting. That's like kind of a, an interesting contradiction. Um, and actually, just like out of curiosity, um, if somebody brought a piece of work mm -hmm. and they destroyed it, would you be sad about that? Did they buy it? They yeah, they bought it, it and then just destroyed it. And then it? they destroyed, yeah, and they destroyed it. Would you be sad about that? I don't think so. Like I said before, when I'm done with a piece, I, I have this strange relationship that I don't even really understand myself. Like as soon as I'm done with a piece, I'm so attached to the piece while I'm making it, so invested in it, so obsessed and tied to it. But the moment I finish it, sign it, hang it on the wall or ship it off, I feel nothing for it. And I don't really know what that is. Yeah, it's really strange. I've talked to other artist friends of mine who are like, they don't want to part with certain pieces that they make. They'll be like, oh, yeah. I can't. I love that piece so much. And I'm like, I don't feel that at all. And uh, I don't know if there's something broken inside of me uh, <laughs> or some sort of like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a strange thing that I don't understand it myself. Yeah, I really don't. But uh, no, I wouldn't feel anything if they smashed it. I'd be like, if you bought it, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking the payment's exactly. gone through. <laughs> um, so do you feel like you're part of a wider art community? I don't. I don't. I mean, I know that there's other artists. There's artists that I show work with in galleries. And I have peers that I'm friends with uh, a lot on social media um, who were all essentially contemporaries. Um but I don't really feel as that we're a community. Um, I don't really interact with many artists. Um, as far as my friends, uh, 
I really only have a couple friends that are artists. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I, I think it goes back to me being like an outsider a bit, you know, and uh, I think I, and not being much of a collaborator. I think I, I sort of like to be off in the distance doing my own thing. So that's good though, because that works well for you and the way you create and kind of just the kind of environment you like to live yeah. in. So, you know, that's, it's not, that's not a bad thing. Um, I think that's actually a good thing. I think it's, it, sometimes you can be too overwhelmed by other people's opinions yeah. and thoughts and, and comments and kind of even like eyes on your work. You know, it can be a problem. Sometimes you need that time to step back and be like, this is what I want to create and create. I think that's always a yeah. good thing. Yeah, it's, so. it's a solitary practice. And in a lot of ways, I feel like that's where I'm most myself in that solitary moments. And I think that's where I function best. So that, that's like super interesting, though, because most artists work mm -hmm. in solitude. And, and I, I'm, I'm past always got curious as to like, like how that kind of affects them, because art can be a very lonely career. Um, even though on the flip hand, you need other people to have yeah. you succeed when it comes to actually the creation of the work itself, it's actually a very lonely career. And actually that's something that Mark Thompson also said to me, which I hadn't thought about before he said, and actually, I don't know if you're able to, but could you talk a little bit about that in terms of kind of like, how do you deal with like the loneliness when you are working by yourself um, in the studio? Yeah. Uh, I don't get lonely. Yeah. Okay. I don't, uh, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because like there was probably a time in my life when I was in New York with friends, I had so many friends and I was like, if you said like, Oh, you didn't hang out with anyone anymore. I'd probably be devastated by that notion. But you know, over the past few years, uh, my girlfriend and I and uh, our dogs have moved around and now we live in a place in Northern California where uh, you know, my girlfriend's family is nearby, but I don't have any physical, all my friends are in New York. But um, I think I'm just like, we're just loners a bit, you know? Uh, I think I enjoy the solitude uh, in a lot of ways. I enjoy, so like I said before, like creating my own world and living in it. I think it becomes, in doing that, uh, I feel like I can somewhat control my environment a little bit without having too many like, exterior things come into play that may disturb i guess there's a sort of certain amount of like selfishness that goes into it uh when you're just making art all the time or wanting to be by yourself all the time and making art but that might go back to one of the sacrifices you might need to make yeah uh, you know? yeah yeah i think that's interesting I, i've always considered art to be a selfish pursuit in yeah. a positive way because it is like you have to kind of give yourself the time to create work and you have to kind of it's it, yeah like you it's kind of like you're kind of forced to yeah. give yourself the time because if you don't you're not going to create and it's like we live in a society where there's so much external influence and it's like you know they're like oh you know let's watch netflix for five yeah. hours and it's like but you could be yeah. creating work in that time and you know it, it can be quite odd for some people when they talk to artists and they're like oh what do you do at the time they're like, oh i create art and it's like but so then they're like, so what do you do with the time? And it's like, you create art. And it, they, some people don't seem to comprehend, like you creating art is both your job and you're relaxing at the same time. It's the same thing. Like there is no dividing line between 
or I'm going to sit down and just chill and watch Netflix or I'm going to sit mm-hmm. down and do a piece of art. It's kind of like your art is, you know, all consuming, um, especially if you're a yeah. full-time artist because it's your living and you don't have a, you don't have a, you know, a full-time job to fall back on. So yeah, I think that's really, I think that's really curious. I'm super curious about the link. I might look into it actually, the link between kind of introverted nature and artists because there's a huge link there. And, you know, from actually probably everybody I've spoken to, maybe about one or two people, most of the people are very introverted and they're very much like to work alone and be by themselves, which is kind yeah. of really interesting because like really all, the art community is just literally a bunch of, of, of loners yeah. and misfits and kind of people who don't really know what they're doing or don't know where they fit in. And they're using this, or everyone's using the same medium to kind of build themselves together in a community, which is kind of really, really interesting. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So. It's, a, it's a strange thing because it's, you know, as an artist, you're making art for quote unquote, the masses, you know, for people to live with or consume, um, which and it might be considered something that's kind of sociable, you know, you know, you're sharing this thing with countless people, right. Or trying to, but at the same time, you're, you've created it. The, the, uh, the origin of that art, is something that's the antithesis of of that you know or that crowd that or that audience in a weird way so okay moving on to social media um which is everybody's favorite subject um so what are your thoughts on social media and how does it affect your practice i hate it <laughs> no uh man it's like this thing that's just become so crazy um on one hand, any successes that I've had, it's, it's all because of social media. Nobody would know who I was. Nobody, no gallery would have probably shown my work if it wasn't for social media. I would have no presence in the world. I would just be an artist back where I was just making art and no one would know who I was. So in one way, I mean, I'm grateful for Instagram because I mean, that put me on the map as far as having a quote unquote, art career. And all of my successes up until this day has really been dependent on that. But at the same time, um, a lot has changed with it. Um, It's sort of just been, uh, there's a few things. I mean, first, it's like the nature of, you know, putting all this work into one thing. And it's just you put it up. And it's you're just swiping. Someone looks at it for a second, they're going, and it's this big, you know? So how people interact with the work and versus what you put into it, it's really sort of heartbreaking when you think about it in terms of how it's being digested in that way, the work is being digested. And, you know, I think it's just sort of the nature of the beast. Um, people are sort of just desensitized to art. They're just swiping. Oh, art, 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 art. Not like you said, just really not thinking about what went into the art or the intention of the art. Just, oh, that's cool. Swipe. That's cool. Swipe. Um, so, I mean, it's good and it's bad. I mean, art, Instagram's really given a lot of people, made a lot of art careers. Um, it's given a lot of people uh, a spotlight onto the art where it's normally they would have their work would have never been seen you know and I'm sure some pl- plenty of artists that I love I wouldn't have known about them I wouldn't have found them if it wasn't for Instagram um, 
And then it goes into the whole thing with the whole algorithm, which is really difficult because, you know, you have a certain amount of followers and in the past, like all of your followers would see your posts. And now it's just a select few. Um, and that's difficult too, because it's like, you know, these people who are following, you know, I've had a couple of people write to me and be like, oh man, I haven't seen your work for a while. This algorithm's messed up. Like I thought you disappeared, but I was like, no, I'm still putting stuff out. So it's difficult in that way, but you know, at the, uh, I think the good outweighs the bad um, as far as what it's offered up to this point. As far as the future goes for social media, who knows? I mean, I don't know where it's going to go from here, but um, I can't complain about it too much because, I mean, when I really think about it, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, you know, I've shown in countless galleries and sold, I don't know how many, you know, countless works and met you doing this interview. Right? Uh, yeah, that's not, that's and, not, I always right? say to everybody, I'm always like, as, as much as I always say, like, I'm not a fan of social media, although my opinions change a bit. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't have the flying football wouldn't exist. Yeah. Right. This would never have happened. Like if you didn't come across my work, you know, and it's like, how did you, how did you find my work? I'm curious. So through the paradigm gap, through okay. the show, yeah, yeah, that's how. yeah. That's how. I'm actually glad. It's funny because you're probably the only person to ask me, and I've actually got a good answer for. Because when people ask me that, I'm like, do you not understand how much time <laughs> I spend looking at art a day? Right. So do you think that um, an artist can exist solely online? That's really interesting. Yeah, they can. I mean, without selling like a physical piece, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you can sell like in terms of dropship and stuff like that, but in terms of like. Like, do you need to have a good oh, no. show? Not to at be all. A good Not at all. No, you can totally exist online. I mean, there are plenty of artists that do, uh, that I've seen. I think in a lot of ways, I mean, for me personally, I, I the gallery, showing at galleries for me is more like, I just love the idea of showing my work physically. I love the idea of an art opening. I love the idea of people interacting with it, looking at it, talking about it, pointing at it. Like, to me, that's always been like the pinnacle. Like I always thought like, oh, if I show my art in a gallery, like that's it, I made it, I could die, you know? So, I mean, I could easily like, I mean, I'll be honest, like I, I sell less work at galleries than I do with, than I sell, you know, directly to collectors. And it's, a lot of times it's not, I take a hit because it's a 50-50 split, right? So. Yeah when I do sell at a gallery, it's like, ah, I sort of don't get as much as I could have. So, but for me, it's like, I'd rather, I love the idea of showing at galleries. I love, I love the whole concept of people interacting with the art and without galleries, that's just not really possible, you know, unless I open my own gallery or something. So, you know, they, people can definitely exist without a gallery. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of artists that just sell on Instagram. Don't even show it. There are actually, yeah. there are, I know of them. They don't, yeah, they don't show at galleries, but uh, I mean, I, I hope that I can just keep showing at galleries and for as long as I'm alive. Cause I, I love the, as much as it's, it's not always pleasant to show at a gallery because, and I don't know if anyone ever talked talk about it, but 
you know, you have a relationship with a gallery and I've had great relationships with galleries and really bad relationships with galleries where, you know, like we said before, like the communication is key and then holding on to your work and then yeah. getting paid once the work sells and then yeah. the cost of shipping the work, the cost of getting the work shipped back to you. Um, so in a lot of ways, you know, it's almost like it's easier to not show at a gallery because you can just, someone's like, Hey, I like that. I want to buy that. Cool. Send me money. I ship it straight to you. Um, showing at a gallery. It's like, you know, they're the middleman. So it's yeah. almost like, you know, there are some people that really don't need to sell, sell at galleries. And I mean, honestly, I, I may fall into that category, but it's like, I, I just, I love the idea of showing it physically, you know, like during the pandemic, uh, I took part in a couple online shows um, and they just weren't the same to me because, you know, people, you, my work's on sale online, but it's like, you can't interact with it, you know? So uh, yeah, it's just different. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause I think a lot of artists I've spoken to have had very mixed feelings about online galleries and online exhibitions. Yeah. I think, um, some people have found it really, really helpful and some people haven't. I think it really just falls, depends on like what kind of work you create and, and how that is kind True. of needs to be viewed. Because, you know, like for instance, if you do three dimensional things, it's not going to work well on a computer right. screen. But if you do like really kind of flat geometric, say shapes, right. that'll work right. really well. So not everybody's work is suited to that. I guess that's probably why we have gallery mm -hmm. shows because then you can see the kind of different aspects of people's work. And I'm actually just kind of interested, like do you actually like talking about your work when you're in a gallery? Uh, I love talking about it like we're talking about it, but like right. I said before, the one question that I can't stand is like, no, I can't, I don't want to say that. It's not that I can't stand it. I just don't feel comfortable answering it is what is this piece about? Or what does this mean? Uh, that makes me feel really uncomfortable because I don't like talking about that. You know, I just, I, yeah, it's, it's like telling you the ending of the movie or telling yeah. you how to feel. Like, that's how I see it. It's like, oh, you should feel this way because I'm telling you this. And this is what I meant by it. So I'm giving you the answer to the, the puzzle. And I don't know. I, I, I don't. What my intention was uh, for the piece is going to be something completely different than what someone else is. Uh, someone else is getting out of being. Uh, a viewer, a spectator to the piece. So, yeah, but I love talking like this and I love talking about the process. I love that. I can do that. I can talk for days about that. It's just that one question. I, I guess it's, I mean, I guess it's, it really depends on how the artist wants to talk about their work. You know, if they want to talk more in depth about it, you know, I mean, I, there are some artists that have the different, a completely different point of view than I do that will, talk about their intention of the piece and what it represents and it's supposed to depict this and this and this social issue and you know basically break down their whole piece and what it means and I think that's more common for most artists um, to sort of describe their work and their intentions and I think I think maybe some galleries and collectors almost like want that or ask or 
depend on that because it helps them sell the piece. Or maybe some collectors want that because they want to understand the piece. But for me personally, as I, I don't, um, I don't think that's the way art should be. Um, and I, th that might be an unpopular opinion. Other people might be like, oh, you just don't want to talk about your work or <laughs> whatever. But I, I don't think that's, I think it's cheap. Uh, I think it, it's like a Hollywood movie that gives you the ending and you know what the ending is coming because it's formulaic, you know, and you just, you know, it's yeah. coming or they told, they told you what the ending is. I like the movie where it's am, ambiguous. You're not sure. That's a David H. You have to think about it. Yes, you have to think about it. That's the most, that's the art that I love. The art that challenges you, that um, confronts you with something and uh, confronts you with questions and doesn't give answers. That's what interests me. Because that's for me, that's the art that I enjoy the most is when I'm like, whoa, that could be this, that could be this. And just uh, the, the questions that could, could arise are, are more interesting than the answers to me. Yeah. Or maybe they're unanswerable questions. Yeah. In the age of social media, where everyone is constantly creating and uploading work, like, do you think that the way people experience and interact with art has changed? Yes. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, it's sort of like, um, I, I feel like we've all been desensitized across the board to, you know, music, art, violence. I mean, everything that, you know, prior to social media and prior to smartphones, we experience, and it would be sort of like a unique experience because it was something that wasn't we didn't experience every second of every day. And now when you go on your Instagram feed, I mean, we're really desensitized to everything. Um, you know, you see a fight on the street and you're like, oh, okay. Whereas years ago, you'd see that and you'd be like, that's shocking. And we're not really shocked by that when you see that. Or, um, I don't know, I always think in terms of like skateboarding, like growing up, like we had to wait for skate videos to come out on a VHS tape. And it was like a big thing. And it's like, oh my God, the new video just came out. But now on Instagram, it's like one clip after next of like pros and people you never heard of, but they're doing the most crazy thing, but it's not even impressive anymore because you've seen the most crazy, you, you keep seeing it all the time. And it's just like, ah, run of the mill. So I would imagine the same thing happens with the way people digest art. You know, you see something and you're like, oh, that's cool. And, and I'm guilty of it myself, I'm sure, when I scroll through my Instagram feed. So it's changed the way people relate to everything, I think. And, um, and it goes back to why I hope the gallery um, structure just sticks around. I mean, I know it's very hard for galleries to stick around too. It's hard, but it's it's almost that like preserving of that old way of consuming art that I think it's just very important to the consumption of art, the longevity of art, you know, because this isn't how to see art, you know? It's cool, 
and it can be inspiring and it can turn you on to new art. But I think, I think it pales in comparison to experiencing the art, you know, in front of you. Absolutely. I completely agree. I completely agree. And, and actually lately I've been really thinking like, I look at too much art. Like yeah. I've kind of realized like, I like, I look at too much art. Like I just, and it's kind of, in a way it's starting to concern me because like, I just, yeah, I just look at it too much. I'm, I think I'm too kind of, it's why I need, it's why I want to take a break at some point. I keep saying that, but it's why I want to take a break for like a week. I want to take a break for a week, turn my computer off, turn oh, my phone off. I would love to. I want to turn my phone off. You know, shoot, you know, turn like just shoot off. my own work for a bit, you know, kind of just take some time away from the endless loop of, of looking yeah. at things. Cause I feel like my eyes need to break. Yeah. I think we all do. We all just need a break yeah. from that noise, you know, and it's, it's so hard. Yeah. It's just, it's just a compulsion. I pick up my phone and I'm just like, huh? And also the things that like, you know, stuff like Instagram, it penalizes you if you take a break, like your reach will be, that's, you know, lowered. Yeah, that's, that's a and whole other like, thing. That's, that's even that's, worse because then it's like all that hard work you put into it, it's just completely yeah, thrown away. Yeah, that's another thing because it's like, oh, people post every day and if I'm working on something for, you know, takes me weeks to make, sometimes it's like, I can't post every day, of, you know, and, and I don't know. And I mean, sometimes it's just like, you don't want to post, you just want to work. I just want to make the work. I don't want to, you know, and there's that whole marketing side that, you know, in a perfect world, I wish I was like this high level artist, like Raymond Pettibone, who's the best. But I mean, I don't think he has to worry about any of that. You know, he doesn't have to worry about money. He doesn't have to worry about marketing because, you know, he just, I don't even think he, I'm sure he doesn't even pack his artwork. I'm sure people just come, yeah, of ship it off and, yeah. He just has to make the work. And I'm sure if you yeah. ask him, he'll have a million grievances with the world. But I'm just saying, like, it'd be so great to yeah. just, like, not have to deal with that. I wish I could just make art and that's it. But I'm I'm, fort I'm very fortunate to be able to do what I love to do every day. So I can't complain. I think mean, that's the thing. Like, once you get to a certain... A certain point in your career and like a certain financial milestone like you can pay people to do your work for you look at like damien hurst who are is the easy it's low-hanging fruit and i always say damien hurst or jeff coons because they're jeff coons and damien hurst but it's like you get other people to do your work for you you don't even have to touch yeah, it that's that's a, you know that's a i think it's concept to me and it's it, yeah but i saying it's such a shame because there's such a a, a a gap between the artists who are working themselves to death pretty much most of the time yeah just to try to make a right. living and there's people who don't even have to touch what they're making and it will sell um, because it's all about reputation then i guess mm -hmm. um and it's kind of interesting like so but it's also very interesting that they established their reputation in a time that we didn't have social media so maybe that player plays a part in it could be yeah it could be yeah it's interesting someone like coons and hearst and it's amazing to me that so many people still know that he doesn't make his own work yet he they he still sells his work for hundreds of thousands, millions. It's, it's so strange. It's like transparent yet people are still okay with it. It's strange. Yeah. It's because about reputation. Right, it's right. about um, the brand. Right. It's, it's, a brand. Brand. it's about an That's artist becoming exactly. a brand as opposed to just being the individual right. artist who's, you know, looking to, I mean, I'm very, at the minute, especially I'm very interested in the idea of artists of brands and kind of the, the correlation between art and commerce. I, that's very yeah. interesting. Um, because it's a very slippery slope and I think that's just it's just something that fascinates me 
Um, but that's a whole subject we won't talk about because to be honest, we'll be here for hours. I'm already here for long enough. So I'll continue with the line of questioning I actually have. Um, so, so in terms of your work, what kind of responses do you normally get for your work and what kind of feedback do you find the most valuable? Um, I think, you know, my, the response to my work is overall been very positive, you know, um, I don't, I don't ever get people who are, you know, commenting in a negative way. Um, um, of course those things, you know, positive, it, it reinforces like my ego and, you know, it makes me think, oh, wow, like, I'm, and that's sort of like, it's sort of that stuff. And, and I'm talking in terms of social media exclusively, but, you know, it just sort of makes you feel like, okay, you know, where there's times where it's a thankless job. And there's, you know, when you're getting feedback where people are like, oh, like, I like that, or you're, they're saying kind things, or they buy something, like, it makes you be like, oh, okay, like, there's a reason I'm doing this. Um, so yeah, no, it, it's, it's great when people, uh, respond to your work positively. It's great. So do you ever feel like, like there's a pressure to create more work as your audience grows? Um, not with the audience growth for me, it's just an inherent pressure to just work <laughs> so, it's just that's just that pressure is always there self-made yeah pressure. <laughs> it's like the work doesn't make it something but it's no one's no one's making stuff for me like jeff coons i don't have any assistant it's all on me so um it's part compulsion part obsession and a part love like i just love doing it i mean i'll work set i mostly work seven days a week i don't take any days off just because I really just, you know, it doesn't feel like work because it's what I would be doing if it wasn't work anyway. So I know yeah. I'm doing the right thing because I'd be doing it regardless. So, yeah. Yeah, and that, that ties back to a question I was going to ask you, which was, like, do you create for yourself or for others? Uh, and or, like, and or, if nobody saw your work with the creator? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question. Do I create for myself or others? And it's like, it, it's, it's, yeah, I know. It's it's like this thing that's like, yeah, is it selfish? Like I'm creating for myself. It's like part of my what I'm uh catharsis or whatever you want to call it. Um, and my ideas. And if it's not a commission or some sort of commercial piece where they have a vision in mind, like I'm I'm and those are are rare. It is I'm always creating for myself and I don't and it's sort of, I guess, selfish, but it, I mean, that's sort of the work I love to do is just create what I want to create. And if someone loves it, great. If they don't, that's okay. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't create with any audience in mind. I don't, I mean, I have in the past for like a commercial job that I've had, but I don't. And I think that's when my ideas and my, when my intention is just absolutely pure i feel like that's when the work comes across as authentic and original because there's no pretense behind it and there's no self-consciousness behind it so do you think that a work isn't that is more personal to the artist is the best piece of work 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the most important work. I think that's the work that matters is the work that comes from a piece of that a uh, piece of someone's soul, a piece of someone's heart. That's that's the art that's important. If it's just coming from a place of and it could come from a place of humor and cynicism um but it's some place that's if it comes from someplace pure i think that's what when you see something i think it, i think it becomes apparent because it it comes across as authentic and something that's uh special yeah that's actually that's a really good answer um and it's interesting because people answer what i like is that i ask people certain questions like that's a question i've asked quite a few people recently um, and people have very different answers. Mm. Um, and I like that because some people are like, oh no. Some people are like, yes. And I, I like that because um, I just like how people have different answers to the same question. And that's kind of, I just really like that. It's just cool. Um, so the actual process of the art itself, maybe not in your case, but the actual process in art itself is actually quite a small percentage of being an artist, you know, and there's plenty of other kind of stuff like the business side and like the admin side. So it's like, could you talk a little bit about like the different kind of hats you have to wear as an mm -hmm. artist? Yeah, well, so it's creating the art, um, it's buying supplies, you know, being like, yeah. oh, I, I need this, I need that, making sure you have enough supplies, you don't run out of stuff, whether it's paint, for me, it's source material, books and stuff, it's glue, um, resin, sandpaper, uh, cutting tools, uh, um, drills, Dremel, scroll saw all this stuff that i use wood i have to have everything all in place so i'm constantly buying new supplies brushes um and tapes and uh it's not it's endless the supplies and then coming up with the ideas being the artist you know that there's that and then i get the marketing side is putting stuff on social media um editing little videos if i'm taking a time lapse there's times where i'm like i don't really want to film this i just want to make it but i'm like ah oh, i yeah. need to film this for this you know for this sort of help get some eyes on on this piece um if i'm working with a gallery it's going back and forth to a gallery sending them images i have to shoot the stuff so i have a lighting setup shooting the stuff that's a pain in the ass shooting different angles um and you know, sending off images if it's an interview, answering questions and stuff like that. Um, and then the shipping is a whole nother thing. That's a nightmare. Packaging, getting boxes, getting shipping supplies, going to the post office, going to UPS, tracking orders, dealing with clients. And then also a big thing is uh, if I'm selling pieces directly on Instagram, it's corresponding with clients via DM and people asking, uh, inquiring about a piece, you know, going back and forth. Oh, this is how much the piece is, this is how much shipping is, all that type of stuff. Um, I'm sure there's more, but yeah, so <laughs> there's a lot. I, know, yeah. I think that's pretty, that's pretty well covered, I'm yeah. gonna say. But I'm, I'm actually really interested, like, and how much of that process do you show of those things? So like, for instance, like buying supplies. And like shipping and um, even photographing your work. None of it. I don't show any of it. I mean, I. Sh Why not? Because that'd be really interesting. Yeah. Because it's like, even like lighting, like lighting your work yeah. to photograph. People, like, 
like for me, I, I mean, I, as I said, as I said earlier, like it's easy for me from the outside to say that, to say it, but it's just like they're valuable skills that you know how to do that artists are going to struggle yeah. to do. Like, like lighting your work is, I, I'm a photographer. I wouldn't know how to light right. your work. Um, that's your problem. Yeah, but I wouldn't you know would. how to light your work necessarily. <laughs> um, actually, I would actually yours would be really interesting if they were backlit because they're clear. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. And then you have a light on the front, and then one. Yeah, actually, I'd have a good idea of how to do it. But like even stuff yeah. like that, like even just things like the amount of time it takes to create a video, a time lapse, even creating time. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting you say that because there's all these different things that I don't really consider skills. I just take them for granted because they're just sort of necessities that go along with the thing that I do, um, that, uh, you know, I, I take them for granted and I don't really see them as skills, but you're absolutely right. They are things that would be interesting to show because there are so many components in the day to day that are just, you know, nobody sees. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's the creative process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not just, it's not just the making of the art. Um, cause my little intro to the flying fruit bowl is, um, I'm going to butcher it now. I'm trying to say it. It's like a, it's a platform dedicated to the exploration and discussion of art and the creative process. Um, and it's kind of like the creative process itself is so, so mystified. Um, and kind of my goal, I guess, I don't know why I'm saying this because it's literally me talking about stuff again, but the whole goal of me is to kind of demystify the creative process. And, you know, like people don't talk about overshipping and people don't talk about, oh, you have to like your own work. And people don't talk about like, oh, you have to contact galleries yourself, by the way. They're not just going to come out and reach mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. um and i kind of want to you know highlight that and kind of make sure people are aware of that because a lot of the time it's so easy to be like oh this artist is making a lot of money on instagram because they're doing great work let's do the same and it's like yeah you do the same and then you fail and you wonder mm -hmm. why not because you're not good there's just so many different aspects to it that you don't think about that actually you know you really need a team behind you most of the time but most artists mm -hmm. don't most artists are you know one-man bands yeah yeah, I would love to have an assistant at some point. It would be awesome. But I, but at the same time, I think about it. I'm like, I've been doing everything on my own for so long. And I have certain, I probably would be like, no, no I'll, I'll do it. It's fine. I don't need you. But um, but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And it's interesting you you mention it because I don't, I, I don't think about it as like, yeah. uh, in terms of creating uh, as a, a necessity for everything but it really is and it really is part of the process i don't consider it part of the process and it really is part of the process and that's interesting to think about but it's also interesting because think of how um not that you're not but think of how much more relatable people would be or how much kind of more enthralled in your work people would be seeing you package it and seeing you like even if you and i just thought this when i was talking about it like even if you did like a Get, it sounds really odd but like get someone to film you watch you go out and look for source yeah. materials like look look yeah. for books you know because what i saw in one of your interviews that i was really interested in is that you went into like a coffee shop and you were sitting out with a coffee and you're flicking through yeah. books um and i thought it was really fascinating to see you like you know in the actual process of and kind of like how you go you know if you just did like a 10 minute video of you know you picking books and saying what is you look for in source material and, and what you're drawn to and what you wouldn't you what you're not drawn right. to like even something like that like and it's so easy for me to say because i know that in my own you know, process, I could probably do exactly the same thing and with certain things I do. Right. But I, I look at a lot of artists and I'm like, you could you could create so much, more, and it's a horrible word, but you create so much more content right. with what you're doing. Right. That could be beneficial to right. people. Um, and then people would like you, not just for your art, but also for the fact that you're giving them right. knowledge. That's going to be helpful. Right. No, that's a great idea. You know? It's a great idea. I mean, 
as I say to everybody, I'm just a random guy from England. <laughs> don't have to take my advice. Um, I've said that the last like three interviews. I should probably stop. Um, so we've only got a few more questions. If yeah, that's okay. For sure. I say I say a few more, but like I'm not sure if a few more is ready. Just a few. Um, so Instagram. Let's talk a little bit about Instagram. Not too much, but let's talk a little bit about Instagram and the future of Instagram. So obviously, recently, the uh, dude who runs it said that it's no longer a photo sharing app which I think is um, curious for mm-hmm. artists because obviously stuff like reels are going to be more popular. Right. Right? So kind of what are your thoughts on that and, and how do you plan to adapt to that if you do? That's a good question. I mean, I, I, it's interesting because it's like, there's so many, po- I just made a reel for the first time the other day. <laughs> I was just uploading. I just, and it took me forever. I was like, I don't understand how to do this. So there's a lot, and I would say the majority of Instagram, I don't utilize. Um, I'm very much just like post, story, made one reel. So, you know, there's the whole Instagram marketplace and selling your work there. And I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. I've sort of just been like, uh, I've sort of just been like swept along for the ride, you know, and just keep doing my thing the way I've sort of always been doing it. And I don't know, maybe at a certain point, the way I'm doing things will become ex- like irrelevant. You know, I'm just not people, the way I'm doing it is just not right. Like I need to like film a TikTok video dancing or something to get likes, but uh, I'm not sure what the future is going to be. It's sort of, it's interesting, you know, um, all of the new components in Instagram. I mean, I really don't utilize it. I don't use the marketplace or, and that's another tricky thing I didn't talk about before, but it's tricky selling work directly versus the gallery selling your work. You know, you don't want to, when you talk about the marketplace, it's like, you don't want to step on the gallery's toes. You know, you don't want, you know, oh, yeah, it's original course. work and they're showing your work, but you don't want to like be like, Hey, you can get this for cheaper, you know? So it's, it's a, it's a difficult situation and selling your work directly. I don't list prices for stuff like you know in for yeah. res- as out of respect for the galleries that i show with and also just because you know um i'd like to think that i sell to like specific collectors and it's not something that you know you can sell by prints and stuff on my website you know but um i there's only i, I rarely sell original work like that i'm sorry i'm rambling i'm going way off topic no no uh, no no that's fine that's no absolutely but not. uh yeah, as far as the, the future of Instagram, who knows? I mean, maybe it's all going to implode, but... Yeah. I mean, so this is what I said to Zachary that I interviewed on Monday. So two days ago, um, I said to him, I said, I think for me personally, as the outside kind of eyes, I feel like artists need to really now, at this moment in time, figure out a way how they can translate photos on Instagram to somewhere that's secure. So that if Instagram does die tomorrow they'll still have an audience because I think Instagram is a great platform. Like it's a great platform. And actually I should probably include myself in that because I don't, I haven't done this either, but um, Instagram is a great platform, but if it died tomorrow, like, what would you do? Because it's like all of your followers are there and all of the people who see your work is there. And it's like, you've invested so much time into it over the years. Um, so it's like, how, like do you, obviously you have a mailing list, right? You do have a mailing list because I've signed mm-hmm. up for it. Um, you do have a mailing yeah. list. Um, so it's like stuff like that, like, you know, like directing people to your website first before you direct them to Instagram. Right. Um, I don't know why I, I give you advice. Like I do this myself and I really don't, but um, you know, it's just stuff like 
I would say to artists, be really conscious about how you can make sure that you can navigate people away from Instagram right. and still obviously see your work, right. but obviously kind of, yeah, you know, stuff like mailing lists are great because everybody will see it who signs up. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like, like how you can you future proof your following and or your yeah. work? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in a way, it's like, I feel like I've already lost a lot of like my followers on Instagram because of the algorithm, you know? I mean, there was that one point where I was just growing and growing with followers and then it just, that number just stayed the same, <laughs> just hasn't grown or, and I think the algorithm just really, um, put a limit onto, I, I feel like it kind of stole away a lot of the people who are following my work, you know, I've built up a lot of followers and then it's like only a portion of those followers see the work. So in a lot of ways, I almost feel like Instagram, I, I haven't put so much stock in, into Instagram since the whole algorithm has been implemented. Um, I mean, I'm still obviously post on there and it's still a reach for me and it still helps me a lot, but you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, there were a couple times, you remember a while ago that there was that one new social media, what was it called? Everyone was going, put posting, like we're leaving Instagram, we're going to this one. What was it called? It started with a V, a v I think. It lasted like a week and then people started get, I got on it. I was like, oh, awesome. It, like a new version where there's no algorithm and there's not going to be any ads. And then it was so confusing and non-intuitive and I was like what is this fucking thing and um and everybody just sort of abandoned it but everybody just keeps going back to Instagram and it is a hard thing because it's like so many people are so invested in there like you said people with a big following on Instagram they're going to go somewhere else and start from scratch so how is that going to be I don't know I like I said scary. I, yeah it is and it isn't. I mean, for me, I'm just sort of like, I've been along for the ride the whole time. I feel like I'm just sort of as much a spectator as I am a participant where I'm just sort of riding this wave of, you know, I mean, this thing that someone else created and has complete control over and I'm just sort of participating in it. And it's been really beneficial for me and for, for a lot of people. But I don't know. I try not to think too far ahead. Um, I almost, in a lot of ways, and I'm probably not, it's probably not great, but I almost try to distance myself a little bit from the marketing stuff and not think too heavy because that takes me away from the art side and it, yeah. it bums me out. You know, it, it, it makes me sad because I'm just not a businessman. <laughs> I'm really not. And uh, uh, the, the, the benefits I've had through like Instagram, like, and sort of like quote unquote marketing myself, it's just sort of just been like putting it out, putting my, my stuff out there. And just, if it resonates, it does, if it does, it doesn't. And I've never really had like any sort of like marketing plan or anything like that. I'm sure I, I'd be much more successful if I did, but it just, just out of my wheelhouse. I can't pretend to, to be in that, that mindset. That's actually the perfect segue into the next question. So what do you think it means to be a successful artist? That's a great question. Um, I think for me, if you're making art, you don't even have to be 
making money off your art. I think if you're making art, you're happy with the art you're making and you continually make art and you're excited about the art you're making every day, I think you're a success as an artist. I think that's all that really matters, that you're happy with the work you're making, you're excited about the work you're making, and you're waking up each morning excited to get to work. I think that's a success. I think you did it. I mean, as far as money and selling work, showing at work, I mean, it's great to be, you know, self-sustaining and make the art. And, but, you know, all those things are fleeting, you know? I mean, there are people I think that, sure, there are artists that are selling out their work and they're just miserable, you know, because they're just not excited about the work anymore. Maybe it's repetitive or redundant or they don't believe in it. But I think it's, I think the being a successful artist is making art and being excited about the art you're making. And I think from there, like you're sort of untouchable, you know, nothing else really matters after that. See, that's super interesting because you're the third person who said that. Oh, right? really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, that, that actually, that is not about the money. It's about the actual art itself, yeah. um, which is super interesting because it's it's not something that I really think of that often. And the follow-up question to that that question is, how do you measure the success of your own work? I think if I'm, like I said, I have a problem with finding joy in the successes that I've experienced. And that's like a whole nother issue we could talk about. But I think when I've just conquered some challenges in what I'm making, I mean, everything I make presents challenges, I think. And that's what excites me about the mediums, the mediums that I work with. But when I've sort of had like a, a challenging experience with a piece and I've gotten around it and finished it, um, I think that's the most rewarding. Um, and that's how I measure sort of the success in a piece. It's when I've gotten around all the, the challenges and found a way to make it work. That makes sense. Yeah, no, no, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. I think that's, that's a nice thing to hear rather than you be like, oh, it makes money. Because it's not even about no, money. No, it's not. Um, I mean, obviously, it's about money to create more work. Yeah. But it's not about like, oh, I like that. I think a lot of artists think that way. And it's, it's curious because sometimes you don't think they think that way, but they do. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, it's great when work sells. And uh, trust me, I, I need the money. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> who does that? Yeah. <laughs> so when oh, peace sells, like, no, I'm, I'm, it's great. But it's, 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 it's almost in a different realm. It's almost like a different world of, you know, it has nothing to do with the creating creation side of things and how I feel about making the art and my day-to-day -day as an artist, you know. That's really cool though. That's really interesting to hear as opposed to it being like, oh, that's like the forefront and that's the reason I do it. Because I think, I think commerce and art Commerce and commerce always kills creativity, as far as I'm concerned. I think, well, at least it might not kill it, but like, there's always a, a huge sacrifice mm -hmm. when you commercialize something yeah. creative, because I feel like it becomes about the art. It becomes about the money that you make from it, not the art you create. And I think there's always a time in which an artist kind of has to decide what path to take, because you know you could easily go one or the other. 
So to hear you say that is very nice. I think that's really cool. And I think it's a valuable thing for to hear for people to hear anybody say and kind of just to reiterate because it's very easy to to kind of be tempted by money and be like, oh, I want to make loads of money. But actually, loads of money doesn't get you the same feeling you'll get from creating a piece of art that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's pretty priceless yeah. in that way. Yeah, I think it has to do with like the integrity of the artist or and just the purity of when you're creating from a place that's honest and pure, um, uh, I don't think there's a place for commerce in there. That's like, a, in my mind, it's sort of like a man-made facet to life, you know, capitalism. It's just it's this thing. Yeah. It's not yeah. inherent in us, in our soul. There's no part of like us as human beings where this is our heart, this is our soul, this is our love, and this is... And there's cash over here. There's money on the other side of your heart. It doesn't exist. It's a man-made concept. So I think when you're creating from someplace pure, it's hard from your heart. um, There's no place for money. The money's irrelevant. That's so cool. That might be the intro line. I'm not sure yet. (laughs) I haven't decided. (laughs) I at least haven't decided. Right. So I'll ask you three more questions. Um, because we've been here for a long time and I don't take up any more of the time. So question from the last artist I interviewed, photographer Zachary Yanko. His question for you is, why do you do what you do and why do you do it that way? Man, it's a good question. I think I make art. I don't know. It's uh, Why do I do what I do? I do what I do because I think there's no other way. There's no other path for me. I think uh, I'm an artist and that's what I do. That's why I've been put on this planet to do. And that's, I can, I'm not good at many other things. I'm only good at this one particular thing. And that's what I know how to do. And that's why I do it. Um, and what was the other part of it? Why do you? So the part was, why do you do it that way? Why do I do it that way? I take the hard way every single time. <laughs> I don't learn from my mistakes. Uh, the work I do uh, requires patience, but inherently I don't have any patience. So I, I do it, the way I do it is I fuck things up and then I go back and fix everything. <laughs> so I do things the hard way and I don't know why I do it the hard way, but I always do it the hard way partially because I'm self-taught and I don't know how to do things right. But I think the other way is because I think it's the challenge uh, and the hardship that makes me uh, explore new ideas and be a better artist. That's that's a great answer. That's an absolutely great answer. Um, so do you have a question for the next oh, person? I okay, let me get one. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Well, this sort of like is not as like in depth. Um, Doesn't have to be as like inherent uh, soul part of the. I would say, what do you listen to while you're making art, or do you listen to anything? Do you have headphones in, or what is the ambience around you as you create? Okay. So what do you listen to? Right, so my next question for you whilst I'm typing this is going to be, is the second to last question, is how do you define the term contemporary art? Man, 
uh, contemporary art. I think contemporary art is just um, art that's just um, reflective of or, or mirrors the the state of the individual's perspective, the current state of each individual's perspective, I would say. That's actually really well said, I must say. That's very well said. So the very last question, which is a double borrow question, which is um, what are you currently working on at the moment and where can people find more about you and your work? Okay. Uh, I'm just working on a bunch of pieces right now. Nothing. Um, I have no shows lined up right now. Um, and I'm just working on some pieces for myself right now. So um, a bunch of resin pieces, uh, some sculpture pieces that are sort of new that I'm excited about working on. And um, yeah, just been working away on that. It's hot here. So it's been like a hundred degrees in the studio. So yeah, so I've just been slaving away in the heat on some new pieces. So I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, you can find my work at jriggioart.com and at jriggioart on Instagram. Yo, Jay, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Aaron. This was, was a thank pleasure. That concludes the second and final part of my conversation with Joe Riggio. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitball at gmail.com or via social media sites such as Instagram. The Flying Fruitball audio interviews can now be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please consider rating, reviewing, sharing, or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word and the reach of the podcast. Also, don't forget to check out flyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration and written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch with a chance to be featured or interviewed. We now also have a Patreon page if you're interested in supporting the platform further. Tears start from £1, so please head on over to patreon.com slash flyingfruitball for further information. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this interview. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.